Welcome to Coffee and Therapy, where we spill the tea on therapy-related topics, sip our favorite coffee, and share our expertise with parents, professionals, clinicians, and anyone who could benefit from a little therapy. Hello, and welcome back to Coffee and Therapy. And today it's me, Alyssa, and Noah and Sarah for a fun sprosode about reality TV and mental health. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Those two things never go hand in hand. What? Uh, right. <laughs> Let's talk about it. And yeah, they're such a hot topic. So Exactly. I feel like there's so much going on in reality TV world. And we're fresh off of Mental Health Awareness Month and then, you know, Neurodiversity Affirming Month before that. And I feel like truly every month since the start of 2023 has been kind of heavy, full of topics and learning. And I think sometimes as people and as therapists, it's okay to just have fun and not have every topic be so... Heavy and heady. Yeah. Exactly. I'm like, I can also just have a good time and not be all neuroscience. So here we are having a good time. Just trying to prove to the kids that we can have fun and be cool, that we're not too chuggy with what was was the word? You're right. You got it. Chuggy. We can have fun, guys. If you guessed it, that was Noah's name. We can have a good time. I yeah. sent all the therapy ladies in our group chat uh, an Instagram reel that was like a newscaster using all of the words from the podcast. So she was like, no cap, this might be chuggy, even cringy. And like using all of these things. She's like, you want to do this? Bet. And I was like, oh, yeah, people use that in context now. Has anyone used bet with you yet? Not my, yet. My son okay. says it eight thousand a minute. <laughs> I if I hear That's it one more in time, my, my real life. Yes, it, yes. This is all of. I had a full grown in my real life adult. Because is your son Gen Z, Sarah? He must be not Gen Alpha. Uh, I don't know. When did Gen Alpha happen? Okay. I don't know. I don't I even know what I that. am. To be totally honest, like I think I might you're be a, a you're, millennial. You're, you're a millennial. A millennial, you are yeah. an an. But I'm like right millennial. on the. Hey, 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 hey! We don't use that uh, word. She here. she goes by OG millennial. Listen, OG millennial. Listen, ain't no chuggy chuggy <laughs> ladies over here. No cap that word. That's fussing. <laughs> yes, your son is is Gen yes. Alpha. Is he? Twenty. When yeah, twenty ten to twenty twenty four. Oh well, look at that. Yep. He's so an he's an that's sus. That's so that's, sus. That's, that's definitely that's sus. sus. Yeah. So maybe these things are the Gen Alpha. On God, bro. On God. Gen Z. On God. Oh, <laughs> that one. Oh no. If you're listening and you haven't heard these yet, it's so. It look every generation. This is how people felt about us, right? When millennials yeah. started saying oh. things. So there's yeah. non-judgment for the Gen Zers and maybe Gen Alpha listening. If it's 2010, they would be 13 now. That's a little, you might be a little too young for this pod. <laughs> this might I be mean, not our target you, market. You could listen. Us. It's probably just over your head a little bit, but yeah. you're yeah. welcome to listen. Give it a few yeah. years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No cap. <laughs> no cap. <laughs> Bet. 
bet. We leave no crumbs on this (laughs) So there you go. That's your our embarrassing moment for the morning. Great. Yay. So reality TV. Awesome. Moving right along to something way more. I love reality TV. I really do. I'm gonna just like jump right in. I love it. Do it. I don't I knowing who I am as a person. I don't quite know why I love it so much, but I really do. I really do. Like every every year, I was going to say every semester, every season of The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, I say to myself, like, no, this is my last season. There have just been too many things that either, like I'm fast forwarding when I watch it, because I never watch it live, of course. I'm fast forwarding to get to like, who got the rose? And it's like, why? <laughs> but why? Like what? why am I doing this? There's too many questionable decisions that the cast makes or that it feels like production is made. Like, why am I sticking with this? I do love is blind. Yes. I tried, oh, we're talking I about tried, it. Hey. I tried to get into the perfect match, but I don't know. It just like, didn't really, didn't no, really do it for so me. It's so bad. I know. I think I so saw that one. Mm. The perfect I think match. I, saw, I think I saw that one. Is that the one where they like. Every season of love is blind. Is that the one where they like match people up based on their like they do like like alleged psychological testing or whatever, and then they match two people? What show was that? No, no, no. That was something I else. Know what, that is. what was yeah. that? It was so good. Per- perfect. I match watched Farmer is- Wants a Wife. That's a great Ooh. one too. Yeah, Farmer Wants yep. a Wife. So I well, know. I know when this started for me. I can tell you. Ooh. Let me just let me just tell you a little story. It with was a tongue uh, pop. With a tongue pop. That's how oh, I everything Sarah does with a tongue pop. Yeah, everything. <laughs> Since that was my like, that was my bet and like no cap. That was before that was, before was Cardi B. Yeah, it was before. Oh, way before. Oh, way before. I am. Yeah. I'm owning that. Anyway, um, I'll take you back. Uh, picture this. It was I believe like 2006 ish. And I got mm. sick. I had like the flu and I couldn't do anything. And I started watching Flavor of Love on VH1. Oh, yeah. I watched that. Yes, I watched Flavor of Love. And yeah. the first episode, I was like, this is this is trash. What am I doing? And within like 15 minutes, I was like in it. I was in it to win it. And that was when. <laughs> my love for reality because before then i think it was like the jersey shore kinds of things the um what was that one after Five jersey Strangers. shore's 2009 2010 okay what was the real one? world real world real world thank you oh I yeah hated, i didn't really like that like it was just it was too much it was not oh, my i thing. liked it i liked it but flavor of love that sucked me on in and i was like yep i have i like reality tv now and i was mm-hmm. i was on it <laughs> <laughs> my spinoff is rock of love from that i was gonna ask yes i couldn't remember what that was called i, yeah, I watched that the bandana guy right rock of love he had the yes. Bandana, yes. big fat yes. bandana Brett michael's the bandana guy the lead singer yeah. of poison uh yeah. i just i yeah. just wanted to be an 80s teenager so i i that's just all i wanted so brett michaels is he he just had that something he had that he something. he did yeah and it was also yeah. so bad right like flavor of oh. love the, yes. These two in particular that we were talking about, I think are maybe some of the worst reality t- television that ever existed, but oh, so sure. great and so classic. And I used to watch one that's like really, ugh. I used to watch The Celebrity Apprentice. 
religious. I never got into that. I never got into that. Regrets. I knew um, I knew about it because, of course, I feel like people still somehow talk about that with sure. Trump. So, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 I'm like, it. this was this a long time ago, y'all. Okay. Brett Michaels was also on a season of it. So then I just. Oh, wow. Was okay. Following, following <laughs> Brett Michaels across the reality. Team, like one does. Wherever yeah. he goes. You yeah. should have been on that show. Wherever he goes. <laughs> yeah. But when, you know, you sit here and you go like, why do I like it? I think that's the part to dissect from, mm-hmm. you know, the therapy side of things for me. And no, I think we've like texted extensively about this. <laughs> Probably. That it's an escape from the stress of reality. So for me, I feel like everything is so heavy. Everything is so difficult, right? We live in a world wherever you are in whatever your experience is, there are things that are hard and challenging for you and mm-hmm. having time to just unplug and one go like, Oh my gosh, this is so dumb. I can turn my brain off. I'm just watching yes, madness list. in front of totally me. Totally mindless. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes you laugh. And then I also think the other side of it, that's a reality for humanity, which may not be the kindest thing, but I think <laughs> the truth is you look at someone else's life and you go, at least I'm not like that. Yes, you know, I have it together. You're like, okay, I see this. Uh My bad day is not so bad. (laughs) Right, like a little bit of schadenfreude of like, okay, I'm taking pleasure in your pain. If you all don't know what schadenfreude is, please look up the song schadenfreude from the musical Avenue Q. It's one of the greatest songs of all time. And it's a German word for, yeah, people taking pleasure in your pain. And also yeah, Lady Gaga has a whole song about it. So he, she has a Schadenfreude song? Of course she does. What? Yeah, oh, she's man. the queen. Yeah. All right. After this, <laughs> I will be listening to that. Thank you for the education. Yeah. Thank you, you so bet. Much. Love yes. Lady Gaga over here. Yeah. <laughs> huge, huge fan. Yeah. Same. Well, it's like and watching it's like watching a train wreck, right? It's watching a train mm-hmm. wreck. Literally. Like we can't turn away from some of this stuff. And I think the thing is too, like, most of this stuff is not hugely tragic right so we can feel not quite so guilty about laughing at people or watching other people or enjoying other people's like ridiculous choices in their love lives right Um, which for them in that moment feels catastrophic and i think that's what we'll probably get into is like what is contributing to their experience of catastrophe from what we know Mm -hmm. former cast members have been talking about and sort of how casting manipulates information that they have about contestants but yeah seeing seeing their sheer experience of devastation and us being able to be on the outside looking in and say oh gosh come on this is peanuts Right. There there right. is some there's some strange dynamic of pleasure or or some adjacent term there that is really kind of bizarre when you think about it. Well, and it's perspective too. Like I there's only so much grace and kindness I could award maybe like the real housewives of New Jersey who are, you know, sad when their purse they wanted that cost fifty thousand dollars wasn't in stock. Like I'm going to laugh at you for that because I think there might be some other problems in the world that that Birkin bag isn't the priority right now. Um, as much but as it's all about like, context too, right? Their, yep. their, their world is comprised of very specific things. And I think sometimes those specific things that we choose to bring into our world are so that we don't have to acknowledge those actual 
realities around yeah. us of challenge, you know, even like Real Housewives of New Jersey, like you guys are both either in or have lived in New Jersey, you know that there can be really affluent areas and just a few blocks down the road is areas that are experiencing extreme poverty. So I would yeah. say probably where a lot of this is filmed too, that dichotomy is is really right there. Yeah. And so surrounding themselves with all of these luxurious things helps yeah. them to sort of rationalize and, and New Jersey's funny in that way. Yes, there is, but it's different than anywhere else I've ever lived. I feel like New York and Chicago, where I currently live, it's very much that, where it's this clear dichotomy of just a couple blocks. In New Jersey, it's pretty separated. So, like, where they are in North Jersey, yes, there are towns, for sure, that are maybe miles away. But for the most part, they are in this really big bubble of just, like, extreme wealth. That is... Hmm crazy yeah it's different than anywhere else usually Miami same thing like it would be on one side of the block extreme wealth on the other side of the block extreme poverty New Jersey yeah. is not like that at all um hmm. so it's yeah very interesting I mean obviously y'all listening there has to be a part that's like that because eventually the line yeah I was gonna say uh, my experience somewhere. has been that <laughs> my experience yeah, interesting. has been that very, yeah, yeah. But I don't really, yeah. I don't really experience much in New Jersey. So my my experience of New Jersey is, <laughs> I still pretend I don't live here. But <laughs> you live still. there, Sarah. But it's that same idea, though, of like it's it. Your reality is what you curate, yes, and I think yes. that's that's what we're seeing in these yeah. reality shows. Is yeah. like their reality is exactly what they pick and choose to to be within their reality, and the right. things that they choose to not be in their reality, they've got a really strong wall up so that that cannot penetrate. Yeah this bubble that they've created for themselves. And like you were alluding to, Noah, it's edited. The producers yeah. are curating the content yes. we're receiving. So mm -hmm. I'm sure a hundred other things could happen their day. And I actually, sorry, y'all, I don't actually watch Real Housewives of New Jersey. I was just making up a scenario that I assumed would be. Oh, I haven't Housewives watched it in New Jersey. years. <laughs> years I've never seen years, it. Years, so. years. <laughs> I'm sure there's an episode about not getting some purse or some ridiculous thing. So oh, sure, like that sure. No, but that's no. also the curated content. And what we didn't put on TV was whatever heavy thing that person went through. And I think as more things are coming out on how contestants are treated on competition shows, on love reality TV shows, and also I think any reality television show, we have to keep in mind that this is a television show. It right. is being produced entertainment. for our, entertainment, yes, yeah. our enjoyment and for ratings, right? They want people to watch it. If you right. ever watched The Hunger Games, the movie, which isn't a real reality television show at all, um, but but they say it's a television show, right? Mm -hmm. On Hamish, who's one of the characters, says, make them the center, make them a love story. You want people to tune into this horrible thing in this dystopian future, showcase their love make people want to watch and that's what producers are doing they're saying what do people want to watch and curating that content and producing it and manipulating the people who are there yeah using the knowledge right. they have there's and a strong knowledge on, base yeah. in, in social psychology mm -hmm. when you are in a higher level producer editor position for a reality television show so of course there is then going to be manipulation of the people of the surroundings of the situations to elicit those specific responses so they can make sure great my camera people are on let's let's catch this let's trim it up here and there 
let's put it together and, and make it seem like, which is just, I, I think that's where I struggle with the fact yes. that I really do enjoy reality television shows is I know how manipulative scripted and how and manipu- yeah. scripted it is. And I, I feel some level of disgust with myself that I'm so entranced by it and that I can, I continue to be one of those numbers that they're tracking each week to say, Oh, look, our episode hit this many views. I'm consistently one of those views. See that has changed for me. The more I realized, cause back in 2006, when I was watching flavor of love, um, you know, <laughs> I was not aware of how, scripted and how manipulated this was and what what I saw was what what would happen is in the first season of most of these shows I would really enjoy that I would really like them and then in subsequent seasons you would you could see it like you could see like oh they chose that person like that person is out of their mind like they're making terrible decisions they they fight anybody for just like breathing in the wrong direction and and you it becomes very clear that this is all chosen specifically for entertainment right. purposes for the, the, um, what is that word? Like the sheer scandal of it. Scandal. Yeah. Yes. That's the word. Um, yeah. yeah. And so for me, the more aware that I am of that part of it, the less interested I am in watching it. So what I do, right. t- what I tend to do is I'll watch the first like two seasons of any of these shows and then I lose interest real quick because it becomes too fake or too obviously fake. And I don't, the whole purpose for me of reality TV, for me liking it, is that it's going to be a little bit realistic. <laughs> like, give me a little bit of reality. But well, you're, it, it, but you're it, right. Like, uh, I still watch it. Yeah. Even though I know. <laughs> and I'm, the whole time I'll be complaining like- about it. <laughs> it's also like finding that balance, right? Like when we think about movies. Some of our favorite movies were like, I really wish they didn't do those three sequels. They should have stopped yeah. when it was good. I think that's what also starts to happen. Yes. Is like we lose that naive, naive, naivete, naivete, that that genuine, authentic energy that we're kind of capturing in that debut season before it becomes too tainted, before it becomes too heavily produced. Uh-huh. So yeah, I. It's tough. It's like knowing that it is so heavily produced. It helps me to also take with a grain of salt what I'm seeing in the episode, but even still, I'm, I'm still stuck with that guilt or whatever that adjacent word is of like, but why, why am I continuing to view this? It's, it's such an internal battle. I don't, I don't know if anyone else feels that way too, but that's kind of where I am. A hundred percent. And I think, right, where it started looked a lot different. It got produced to the point that it is because of certain elements of popularity that they saw with other TV shows. So they've changed it. And I think if you're going in knowing this is a television show, this is produced right for the people who are listening of, I, I understand that this is a character, right? If you watch Paris Hilton's documentary, maybe a year or two ago, she talks about the character of Paris Hilton that she created the tone that she uses when she's playing that character. She's like, that's not how I talk. That's not me. I've created a character of myself to showcase whatever I wanted to showcase, to sell whatever I wanted to sell. And that's not really me. And I had to learn where that was separated. 
I think the same goes for some of these shows of knowing whatever you're seeing is a curated character, whether that person understands or consented fully to that or not, that you can't then judge that person based on the character that was produced and the role they were put into on a television show that is vastly probably different than who they are. Or maybe not, but it's just like, okay, you're not someone I would like in person. I think where it gets really hard in the world we now live in is the spiral of social media that comes from these edited personas being an attack on a person when it was a person and a character created by someone else. And then we go in and attack these people and our keyboard cowboys is like one of the words I've heard over the years of people. Yeah. Yeah. A keyboard warrior. I like that better. A keyboard warrior. And it's like, you don't know that person. You don't actually know any element of who they are. But that shows how invested people are. And that's why these Mm -hmm. shows continue to not only be produced in in their existing form, but new iterations come out. And it's it's so sick. Like, it's so sick that people continue to choose to be casted, right? Right. Knowing, right? Right. Like, oh my. Well, and they do. It's so self-sabotaging. But it's the pros and cons of life, right? right. Like for love is fifteen blind, minutes for of fame. It's they uh-huh. like that. Yeah, love is why all attention is good attention. We know uh-huh. that working with uh-huh. kids, like <laughs> uh-huh. the endorsement and deals, think, and yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lot of people who are under the age of thirty whose brains haven't fully developed, so they're thinking of what the consequence looks like, but don't really know how that plays out long term. And consequences can be positive and negative, right? Consequence mm-hmm. isn't a, a bad word. Um, from a psychological perspective. So they're not always playing out what that tape looks like, or they're also presuming goodness in humanity, which mm-hmm. they're presuming they're not, I'm not going to be judged. Thing. Yeah. Right. I'm not going to be judged for these hundred things that I don't think are a problem, but that society thinks are a problem. Um, and I think they go into these shows, maybe even knowing some of that and saying, but here's how much, Money. I know. Be. I was going to say, they, but but I'll get so much money from it. The right. good will outweigh the bad. And it's like, mm. it's like NFL players, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Like people who still choose to do football at this point, which they do. And if you have a child who's in football and those things, I'm not going to tell you what to do with their life and what they choose to do if you're listening. But we know all of the injuries, the, the mental yeah. load, not just the cognitive mm-hmm. CTE things, but just the constant yeah, the whole body stress impact. and injuries. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. But it's mil- it's millions and millions of dollars, right? Is 10 years of body sacrifice worth the value that's there? And I can't tell you that answer. That's your internal, no your intrinsic yep. motivation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think that's what people see is, I know there's bad. I know there's bad. And here's money. Or they're sold a bill of goods. And this is where the problems really come in that it's not that bad and that they're going to have specifically mental health care around it because the realities of these TV shows has come out. And then it's directly in fact against them with the mental health lack of support or therapists who are manipulating someone's pre-existing conditions or pre-existing mm-hmm. traumas to write a show, which that's been coming out for Love is Blind uh-huh. more and more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. That was, that's very clear. That's very clear. And, that is, and, that's and with the advent of social media, that's why we know about it. You know, right. Like, right. It was, 
there was there's still NDAs, right? Because so many of the cast, the former cast members have said, yeah, I signed an NDA, but like I, I'm willing to take the risk of being sued because th- this need to to have good prevail outweighs everything that comes with a lawsuit, which is awful. I mean, it's, it's going to be brutal for yeah. those folks, but because we have social media, we have TikTok, we have our phones, we can spread information quickly and easily. And that's what we've really been seeing surface is a lot of those TikTok videos that have been kind of transferred to other social media platforms about the the former cast members, specifically a love is blind <clears throat> speaking out, going on podcasts, talking about, how they did disclose that they had pre-existing conditions as part of the interview process. They were assured that that would not be used against them. They would not be edited to look a certain way. They would not be placed in situations that would trigger past traumas. And in fact, all of those things that they were promised would not happen happened times five. Yeah. And with the social media part, like I think that the producers on these shows, like, they bank on that too because before you know we we couldn't interact with i'm using air quotes here celebrities i don't really consider reality show people celebrities but um we couldn't interact with those people before now we can and so then when you add a layer of complexity of a person who who has been exploited for whatever pre-existing condition or mental health condition or trauma or whatever, then you exploit that on TV and then they have access to social media and then they start responding to stuff that just fuels the fire because then somebody who never watched the show catches a TikTok or catches a Instagram reel or whatever and sees it. And is like, Oh, this sounds juicy. Like, what is this yeah. about? And now, so that's a really good point. That's a really, know? really good so point. So it's it's this a double edged sword because the same thing that they feel is giving them voice and and allowing them to to share their side of the story or to clarify things or clear things up is just making it worse because there is that pre existing condition because there's that mental illness because there's yeah. PTSD because all of these things are combined. And now you have an even bigger platform. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it is I just a too, vicious cycle. <laughs> that's, that's just what's so sick about humanity. Why do we crave? Why Why do we rubberneck, right? What what they call when you're on the highway and there's an yeah, accident yeah, or oh, something. Yeah. And, or and traffic slows down. Yeah, but there's, uh-huh. there's not actually a reason to be slowing down. Right. Other than people are just taking their time to check it out. Why right. are we? And of course, they're we know why they've done tons of of neurological and social experiments uh, to explain this, but how bizarre that we are drawn to catastrophe. And yet catastrophe is what we claim to do everything we can to avoid. But when it, when it's near us, if we're not directly in it, it's like a few circles removed. We're like, Ooh, I mean, what a, what a bizarre. I know. I've always felt icky about that. I've always felt icky because I I will look every time. Yeah. And I wonder if it's knowledge. Like for me, it's knowledge of I want to see this because it's also educating me on like, oh, wow. Watching this shows me a a mirror up to myself of some maybe some behaviors I engaged in in the past. And I'm seeing these not a not a car accident, but the, the reality TV of 
oh, I'm seeing how these relationships are working together and I'm seeing this person or this relationship I had in there. And, oh, wow, this helps me understand how I reacted in that situation a little better. And that's me as someone who has worked really hard to reach self-actualization in some areas of my life where we're not fully there, but no one is. We're works in progress. But I wonder too, if there's an element of, again, I, I think I try to presume goodness in humanity where I can, is it I'm watching because this strikes a chord with me and resonates and shows me something that I've seen before and I want to understand in a better light. And if not, um, is there is there something I'm watching just because I'm trying to experience and express it? So I think presuming goodness of I'm watching for enjoyment and just to see and not to judge, I think that's the critical part is are people watching with non-judgment? And just, you know, seeing it play out. And also presuming no. goodness yeah. in humanity. <laughs> no. But, yeah, but I, no, but no, I don't think you can't. I mean, even for us, right? Like, as I'm sitting here listening to it and thinking about it and talking about it more explicitly than I probably have before, I'm realizing that I'm not doing, like, I'm watching with judgment and I'm, you know, these are, I don't, I don't know. I just... <laughs> <laughs> oh because even when I think about like when when my husband will be like oh what are you watching and I'm like oh you've got to watch this episode because like this person does this totally crazy thing and and yeah I think Sarah's right when I think about how I describe it and why I'm then like selling it to someone else it's because of the turmoil it's because of the the poor right. decision making it's it's right it's all of those things that when I'm <laughs> in my therapist hat I don't think I would ever, I would ever speak that way. I think it's also important to recognize like we can be therapists and also yeah, ha- have that, that humanity as a part of us too. We're not somehow We're exempt people. from like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like train wreck, sign me up, please. Right. Bizarre. <laughs> Bizarre. And I wonder if that's what's happening with these therapists who are hired for the show, right? To also presume goodness and give a little bit of benefit of the doubt i'm so sorry y'all if you're here yeah, jingling, that's my your, dog is just that's your dog getting herself <laughs> together over here being ridiculous um i wonder if the therapists who are hired for this show number one also think they're going to do the right thing in those situations and then are pressured by staff and executives right on what they're supposed to do I also don't know who these clinicians are that are hired to be on the show and, and help with casting. So I don't know how many years of experience they have. I don't know where their souls and their hearts lie. But if they're young clinicians too, I wonder if they don't even know in some ways how deep someone's PTSD or trauma goes and what activators are going to present themselves. And they're really thinking this situation will be fine. And then it's super not fine. Uh, And they didn't have the experience or knowledge to know the depth of what that really looked like. Right. Well, or Um, the time, because imagine we work, I work with people for years before we like uncover like the real trauma and the real issues and stuff. And sometimes I'm like, wow, we've been working together for two years. I'm changing your diagnosis completely because (laughs) this is not accurate. So if they're meeting with a, you know, a staff psychiatrist or a counselor or whatever for two sessions, one session, you know, they may just be doing that to like check a box and say, well, we have therapeutic supports and mental health supports here. Like 
and it they might really it's better than nothing i'll give them that but right, you know sure. but i don't know we don't know any of this we need some we need some of y'all if you guys work for yeah. one of these shows you could be anonymous well please, i have please let us know <laughs> i have another podcast you should listen to it and they're like actually famous from reality tv so it's called the brain candy podcast um and it's sarah rice and Susie meister they were on the real world road rules real world road rules the challenge they've done these competition shows on mtv for a long time so if you know them you'd know them if you don't know them you wouldn't know them but they talk a lot about the aftercare process of these shows what they've been fighting for from within for a long time so i highly recommend checking out their podcast um they don't need our promotion but (laughs) they already have millions of listeners i'm sure but for anyone who's listening who's like yeah i want to get into the mental health side of this more i think that's where the ball gets dropped the most in the social media world we live in is is there consistent aftercare and consistent therapeutic support for these people who maybe also didn't know their own trauma and then see it play out on tv In the most recent season of Love is Blind, Jackie is one of the contestants on there who, as a therapist, but not a mental health therapist and not a diagnostician, but who clearly presents with some layers of stuff. And she starts to bring it up on the show about her family and kind of how she perceives love and values love and trauma and all of these things. Just little tiny drops that you're like, wow, there's something deep there. And on her last episode where she was really featured, she goes like, I'm a mess. I figured out through this that like, I need to help and work on myself. Like it's truly, I don't think she knew the extent of how things were manifesting in her until she saw it played out in front of her as well, which is horrible for that to happen on TV. But I think it also gave her maybe that prompt to go get the care and support that she needed, but then it wasn't, it's not going to be there because the aftercare of these shows is where that ball gets really dropped. So they do talk a lot about that on brain candy. Um, yeah. That's, that's interesting. Like, I want to know who mm-hmm. the actual mental health workers are though. The actual yeah. people, like what they're told, what obviously we're probably oh, you'll, not ne- you'll never find out. out. Right. No, right. No, those, sh- those no, NDAs no. are ironclad, but you know, as you were talking, Alyssa, I was thinking about like, even somebody who goes into these shows without any kind of mental health histories, backgrounds, or diagnoses, without any trauma, is now, (laughs) because of this show, because you're playing out, like what you said, Noah, some of your most catastrophic moments on Mm -hmm. on TV in front of all of these people that's watching it, that's gonna, like, that will give you some PTSD. That's gonna give you some trauma. Like, that is, so, so, without anything else, listen, I've done some stuff in my life that I don't want broadcasted on TV, yeah. And if it was, I would for sure need some therapeutic support afterwards. Like, yep. mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and so for this stuff where they purposely broadcast the most catastrophic, the most unflattering, the most ridiculous, that's probably the worst moment of these people's lives that is now being encapsulated forever on the internet and TV. And yep. so if they didn't have trauma before they've got it now mm-hmm. and and where's the support you, for that yep and you don't know if you're the hero or the villain right you're being casted with good intentions thinking you know you're all of these things there's 
if you watch RuPaul's Drag Race listeners, I know at least one of our listeners does, if not two, that I text about it regularly. Um, But in one of the first two seasons, there's a character who did things that were villainous for sure, right? Like did behaviors that they maybe didn't think they were going to get the villain edit, but they did things that it was so clearly like, oh, you're getting the villain edit and spent years talking about how like I was edited and RuPaul who runs the show made a song called blame it on the edit of like, you said it, don't blame it on the edit. And I'm like, both things are true. I think people don't realize Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that maybe they are villainous in their interactions and then it's also then dramatized for television where it is the edit it's both things are true and I think that's so hard well and the more people the more people that that witness anything right I rub some people the wrong way and and there's some people that think I'm great right so I might be the villain to some people in my personal life and I'm my personal life is much smaller than the millions of people that are watching these shows. Right. Right. So no matter what you're going to like, and I think that's hard. I think that's what a lot of people, you know, I see on TikTok and social media, these influencers who have to post these like super like dramatic videos and updates and stuff saying like, you guys are like so mean and you're making me want to do bad things and like you're hurting my feelings and like I'm just trying to I just said one thing and now all of a sudden I'm being labeled as a racist or a bigot or a homophobic or or any of these millions of different things when it's like that wasn't the intention at all so every little thing that you say is being scrutinized by the public and then when that's also the that's the world that's the world we live in. But when you put it on a reality TV show yeah. where the goal is to cause and to instigate drama and instigate this kind of response from the world, right? It's it's just magnified by a gajillion. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the hard thing as we wrap up our sprosode for mental health reality TV of knowing where those lines get blurred and being humans on both sides of it of I'm receiving this as a human and I'm, I'm doing these actions as a human on TV. I think when you're put in front of 130 million billions of people, I don't know how many people watch some of these shows globally, you're never going to please everyone either. And I think that's the really hard thing as consumers of, you know, we, we find the things that are joyful for us and we have to let the things that are not joyful go. And not that, that's so quick to cancel culture. We've talked about it on Mm -hmm. here a lot of, I think there's, there's things we need to stop people from doing and cancel them for. I think sometimes we're so ready to be critical of someone that we're ready to ruin their lives at the drop of the hat in the society that we're in. And I think that is what inherently, like circling back to that first question of why do we enjoy it? Because it's just people. It's just people living their lives and making mistakes and reminding us that we're human. And I'm watching it to to see other humans and look at their nature and look at how they interact. And 
Is it catastrophe? Great. I love watching that train wreck happen, but I also love watching you succeed. I like watching the couples who do find love on Love is Blind and, and really work out and following their journey. And I think there are so many layers to it that it's hard. But I think at the end of the day, we have to be able to let ourselves also have joy in the things that bring us joy because life is really short. And I think that's the piece is being mindful of is this is watching reality television something that that brings me joy and is not introducing a level of hardship or chaos because in that case you'll you'll want to kind of reevaluate is me watching this the best choice for me and do I have the supports that I need to watch this because of course there could be a topic or a character that you really resonate with that reignites some really challenging parts of your own self-exploration or traumas that you've had in the past, in which case that's a good moment to kind of pause and say, okay, how is watching this serving me? I think what the three of us are saying is that when we watch it, we are not having an experience where previous traumas or, or challenges within our lives are magnified or exacerbated by watching. We are able to have a really healthy um, division between watching the show and and living our lives. So I think that that awareness of, of how this is working for you or serving for you is probably important to have in the back of your mind or in the forefront or just kind of somewhere in your, in your thought process. Yeah. Yeah. But if you enjoy reality TV, like we do, you're not a bad person. You're not. <laughs> no. Like a little brain unplug. If you yes. can handle it and you enjoy it. Great. Fold your laundry, watch it. Eat your late night cheese board. Watch it. Oh, a Chew late night Twizzlers. cheese board. Your late night snacks are uh, way more sophisticated to. than mine. Oh, man. Girl, yes, please. I mean, let's be honest. Lately, it's just like a huge thing of Ben and Jerry's or Twizzlers. But yeah, when I'm when I'm feeling a little extra, I bust out the cheese board. I yeah, love it. I love that for you. Yeah. But I do. I think that we. I think that we can also listen. I've used some of these episodes like in my therapy sessions with clients yeah. who who might be sort of un unaware that they are doing the exact same things especially mm-hmm, with some of these mm-hmm. like dating and like and what i like about it is that it highlights it and uh uh emphasizes it or like you know makes it makes it a little bit more obvious magnifies it so that i can say to my client like hey when you watch that what are you like what do you think like what is how how do you think this plays out what do you what do you see here that is uh concerning or what do you see here that's good or what do you see here that's that's a a red flag or whatever and they can point it out and then I can just kind of give them that look like you know where I'm going with this right (laughs) and and so I can't tell you how many times that look exactly that look I can't tell you how many times that, that I've used this and it's like this light bulb goes off and it's like Oh, and now they can go back and watch the show from a different perspective. Like, oh, I'm kind of doing this, like this parallel behavior. If I can see how it plays out on this show, maybe I can anticipate how it might play out in my life. And I want to not do that. Um, So there's, there are benefits, right? Like, I think we can, it's not just us looking at a train wreck. It's not just us turning our brains off. It's not just, it's, it's a lot of that and it's a lot of entertainment and it's a lot of all of those things. But I think that it, there's also 
it is somewhat holding a mirror up to us. And I think that's why we like it. Because like you said, Alyssa, it's just people living their lives. And we are people living our lives. And it's kind of holding up a mirror that might highlight some of the less attractive pieces of our lives. And if we can sort of see that play out in this different way, maybe we can make some better choices for ourselves. I love that. I love taking this content and and extracting the opportunities to learn and grow from it i think that's really awesome and most of us don't like and you know oh and that's no okay, and no. that's okay too but but, <laughs> but it's there are, right it's there. weren't maybe going to anyway right like right. if they're seeing yeah. it you if you show someone a clip and say hi huh, isn't this familiar and they go nope i have no idea what you're talking about they're not going to hear you if you send them a scientific article on it. They're not going to hear yeah. you if you right. try to have a conversation as a friend. The people who are ready to have those conversations are, and those who are not, are not. And I yep. think mm-hmm. for whatever process you're consuming it, that's it is there for your entertainment at the end of the day. And that's what we have to also keep in mind is that there are different strokes for different folks, right? As, true. as they say. well look at us having a little fun not as heady episode we're okay with that next time I'm sure yeah next time I'm sure we'll get a little heady that's the beauty of coffee and fair tea we do a little bit of everything we sip some we spill some we share some yeah oh look at that bringing back the tagline I love it the tagline (laughs) I think this was a a spill a spill of reality Oh, reality. Here for that pun. Here for that pun. Hey, but, uh, hey guys, time. on that note, I think it's time for us to say bye. bye. Thanks for listening to Coffee and Therapy. Keep the conversation flowing and follow us over on Instagram at Coffee and Therapy. Questions? Thoughts? ideas, email us coffeeandtherapy at gmail.com. We can't wait for you to listen in again soon.